0: I'm Mike and I'm Adam and this is Stuff and Waffle, two friends talking about stuff and often as not, waffling with frequent reference to Bond cars. Have you ever been influenced in your choice of vehicle by an advertising campaign? Very good question. Mm. Um, I don't think I have actually. No, I don't think i i have liked advertising campaigns for cars which i have chosen um, mm. the jaguar xf springs to mind but i've uh, yeah i wouldn't say i have chosen a car because of an advertising campaign but there have been some good ones uh, yeah there's a, there's a lot of good ones not mm. perhaps not recently no i'm not aware of any recently they've they've lost the um the charm of all the 80s explosions and helicopters and <laughs> yes. banging tunes banging lots of banging tunes yes mm. you need a banging tune it's all part of it so i was thinking have you have you got any um any campaigns that sort of stick out in your memory for me um, one which coincided with me buying a car from that particular brand was the Jaguar XF and their 2015 It's Good to Be Bad campaign. Um, oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that, one. which I thought was absolutely brilliant. Big name actors Ben Kingsley, mm. Mark Strong, Tom Hiddleston, very Bond like in its feel. They're all playing supposed villains. Uh, you know, have you ever noticed in? Hollywood movies, how the villains are always played by Brits and things like <laughs> that and and we all drive Jaguars um, mm. or as as Jeremy Clarkson said, when when he was talking about it on Top Gear and we all drive Jaguars now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that was a fantastic campaign. I really liked that and it was. It was in full swing when I bought the XF. The, you know, mm. it's good to be bad was written all over the front of the dealership. It didn't. It wasn't the thing that made me choose that car, but it certainly didn't hurt. <laughs> no, it, it it was quite. It was very cool at the time, and it was it very. Was. It, it managed to be cool, a bit naughty, and quite aspirational as well. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And it was it was great for that new generation of Jaguars that they were producing at the time. Mm. And, you know, Ian Callum was in full swing by then. Um, and they would got a really good lineup at that time. Really strong, mm. really strong range at that time. And of course, it harked back to the, the 60s where the old Mark II Jag was, you know, the Crim's car. Um, oh yeah, speedy getaway for all the lads. Uh, you, exactly. That's right. Get the boys out of trouble. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You'll be wanting the mark too, so. <laughs> Yes, that's right. But always the three point four, never the three point eight, mm. um, because apparently it was faster. And, um, yeah, I really liked that. I think of uh, I think back through advertising campaigns over the years. The the Jaguar Good to be Bad was it was one of my absolute favourites. I thought it was brilliant. Mm. I know I started off by saying we haven't had any good ones recently, but that, that is a good one and it was quite recent. So. Yeah, I mean, 2015. Um, that's the most recent one that I um, recall, but it was really good. I, I re watched a couple of them because they're all on YouTube. Mm. Um, and the, the, the production value of it as well, it was really, it felt really big budget. Um, it was really glossy it was so yeah they did a really good job of that yeah they splashed out on that one yeah i think they did they spent all the money on the advertising campaign yes oh sorry yeah. run out can't, i can't actually make the cars <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh. that one that one sticks out in my memory particularly well that's a good choice have mm. you got anything a bit more retro Oh, have I have, oh, I have on, another then. one? Uh, another one which um, that really sticks out in my memory was from 1991. I had to look that up. I didn't okay know I had to look that up, and it was Ford's "Everything We Do Is Driven by You" campaign. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was very, which wasn't advertising a particular Ford. It was like the good to be bad. It was advertising the brand in general, mm. and um using the Brian Adams song but slightly tweaked. I looked up the the lyrics that they used <laughs> earlier and it's it you don't sort of notice it at the time because it does care when you watch it it works quite well but the actual lyrics are stretching it. A Is bit. it dreadful? Well get a load of this. You're gonna sing it um I'm not gonna sing it because <laughs> nobody nobody wants that nobody wants that. That's, that's bad times if I try to do that. <laughs> um, in fact, it well, but it, it, it yeah, no. Um, no, it, not- um, no, not happening. We build for the country's needs. Wheels turn, power at your feet. High speeds, but you know you're in safe hands. In the dark, we make a brighter light. One spark to the horizon wide. Uh, you trust and together we'll tame the land. You'd be forgiven if you think you're dreaming, but we're working night and day to make the dream come true. Everything we do is driven by you. That's quite vomit-inducing, really, isn't it? (laughs) It's quite bad, isn't it? When you actually look at it, it's quite bad. When you remember the kind of Fords that were being made in 1991. (laughs) Hmm... No, oh God, now you've mentioned it. Yeah, you, you string it all together because it, it it's it, it's kind of subliminal at the time. You, you recognise the tune, but you probably don't pay attention to the lyrics. Exactly, and actually when you watch it, it's okay. You know, lots of sort of fiery images, fast-moving cars, lots of engineering stuff going on, and, you know, it's a familiar tune as well, which, you know, and you know it for the real lyrics, Mm. Um, and you don't always pay attention to it. In fact, unless you really listen to it, you may not even be able to tell that the lyrics have been changed. And it has been done quite well, but yes, when you actually read what it says. And early 90s was not Ford's greatest time. Um, They were producing some dreary tat at the time. So, (laughs) um, you know, Ford Escort Mark V, we all know. (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, nothing, nothing to get excited about. Nothing nothing to see there, no. Um, but again, it's a campaign that sticks out in my memory, and I, I quite liked it because it was so cheesy. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can get on board with that. Off the back of that one, mm-hmm. I did have a Ford one in in my list, actually. Ah, Very good. Slightly earlier, I think. I think 85, 86. Right. This is stretching my memory a bit it was for the sierra Ooh. starring richard bryers <laughs> really <laughs> yeah yeah i'm I unaware of this no i do vaguely remember it and it, uh, uh, the the scenario is he's got his new new sierra and he's delighted uh, yeah. so much so yeah. he's uh, he's taking the his daughter and her friend to their Scouts or whatever the girls' equivalence is—I can't remember—guides, is it? That's the one. Guides uh, or, or brownies, depending yeah. on age. Yeah. Uh, to a uh, their camping trip, and he he turns up, and it turns out that his wife has volunteered him to help put up the tents, and he was unaware of this. <laughs> okay. And uh, the the advert finishes with the the strapline that the Sierra—it's one of the family. Uh, mm, quite cringeworthy. That's yeah. There's like, talking about Ford advertising, particularly. There's some videos on the Men and Motors YouTube channels, which are um. Uploads. God, I've forgotten about that channel. Yeah. Oh, you've got to get back into it. I tell you, it's it's glorious. There's some stuff on there which were uploads of Ford promotional videos presumably for training dealers and things, but they're quite long. They're like sort of an hour, hour and a half. Hmm. Um, and there's one for the launch of the Sierra and it's it's narrated by Joss Ackland. And oh, All right. <laughs> he's, and it's, 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 seriously, find it. <laughs> it's an hour and a half uh, well spent. Uh, and there's several on there. There's one for cortina there's one for fiesta i think but the the sierra one uh with him uh is absolutely glorious and they he unveils each model in the range and spends about 20 minutes on it and some of the language that's used in the in the script is you know and here we have the incomparable gear Mm. Mm. And he, list, he lists all the things that it's got, you know, like rear head restraints, fog lights in the body colored bumpers, <laughs> things, things <laughs> like that. quadraphonic sound. Oh my God. <laughs> all the things you got on the, and, and the, the, the entry level one, whatever it was, the L, he's really struggling. Because it's got nothing on it. Nothing to work with on that one. Nothing at all. There is no equipment in it. It hasn't even got two rear view mirrors. You only got one. You can't can't start listing steering wheel, gear knob. It's a bit of a stretch. No, you can't. The fact that it had a radio in it, I think it it was listed. Oh, and and two reversing lights. (laughs) Clutching at straws <laughs> yeah but it's there honestly go and find it oh, it's okay. glorious it's, it's worth a watch an hour and a half of that it's i it may not be an hour and a half but it is quite long it's, wow. it's at least an hour um, okay because it was looking at every model in the range every you know every version in mm. the range and uh, it's it's obviously some of the the film work is quite good it was obviously shot in some sunny place probably spain a lot of ford did a lot of their stuff there of the cars driving around but yeah joss ackland's voiceover is is glorious <laughs> it really is <laughs> very oh, good my worth, goodness worth the watch worth An a excellent watch. choice yeah i'll um i'll go and find that that sounds brilliant not not advertising as such because i think it was only meant for dealers mm. Um but nevertheless um uh, yeah. still relevant yeah, worth a look. It's it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another one that I thought of, which was sort of early to mid-90s, um, around the time of the release uh, of the Mark III Cavalier, which was the feature of the advert in question. Um, okay. And it was uh, a big focus on safety. Mm-hmm and airbags and crash protection. Okay, yeah. And basically, it was a cavalier in all its uh, crash test state, all painted yellow, and constantly being smacked around while in the background you've got Peter Gabriel's sledgehammer playing. <laughs> brilliant. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. Crash tests are used a lot, aren't they? mm very popular. Mm. I, I just I remember that one sticking out because you used to every time you go, Oh, it's a Cavalier advert. You didn't even have to be in the room, but you just knew it was. But interestingly, <laughs> right at the end of the advert, the music would change to Eric Clapton and Layla because all of the voxel stuff had a bit of Layla in it at some point. In oh, it, I remember that. that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, there's a there's a really less than subtle segue from Peter Gabriel to Eric Clapton. That's not... Yeah, you're not going to be able to mix those together, Ooh, are you? No. no. There is no way to morph one into the other. No, no, they, they <laughs> opted for stopping one and starting another. Just start, just do it. Mm. <laughs> yes. Oh, very good. Oh. Safety is, is a big theme, isn't it, in car mm. advertising? It gets used a lot. There's one... I recall which was for the it was for the initial launch of the Jaguar X type. And because it was it was the only car in its class available with four-wheel drive, because the, the BMs, Mercs, mm. and Audi's at that time didn't have it. So Jaguar were making a big thing of the fact that they'd made the X-type four-wheel drive. And it the advert starts, a short advert, the advert starts with two guys. Um, in a snowplow and it, uh, it looks like there's an older guy and a younger dr- guy and the the older guy is training the younger d- guy to be to drive the snowplow and he leans over to him and says now just just stick in its tracks you will be fine just stick in its <laughs> tracks and then the camera pans out and in front of the snowplow is the next type i do i uh, remember that Yes, yeah. and then there was a voiceover saying that you know Jaguar X-Type, the only car in its class with four-wheel drive. They they oh, made a big thing of that. Yes, yeah, so I do. Yeah, I remember that. And um, off the back of that, didn't Clarkson ski behind one? He did in the when they in two thousand and four when they launched the X-Type Estate. Um, yes, he he took it took one out in the snow mm. um, and skied behind it. Yeah, yeah, he really liked that car. Well, you should have let him drive yours. That would have changed his mind. I really liked it. Well, <laughs> unless it was a warm day. Till it broke. <laughs> I still, I love that story of your, oh, can you regas the air conditioning, please? Tip of the iceberg. <laughs> Actually, that was the one thing that didn't need doing. Really? I'd, well, you couldn't regas it, didn't you say it had fallen out? Um, it, a, a large piece of it had, yeah. Yeah, the entire yeah. What started as can you regas the air conditioning ended up as uh, basically an entire new cooling system for the engine plus a whole new air conditioning system. Yeah, about two and a half grand's worth of work. Hmm. But still, a that's lovely place to sit. It even was if warm. Yeah, it was on a on a, on a lovely sunny day. Yeah, it was it was great. Nice, soft leather and wood dash and, yeah. Jag can do an interior, just perhaps not air conditioning. They can do, Well, as, as the guys who were working on it told me, every part that had broken was from Ford. All the Jaguar uh, bits were fine. That's interesting. Yeah. The entire air conditioning system and most of the engine cooling system was straight from Ford. Um, and they showed me the pile of rusty parts. And they said, every one of these is from Ford. All the Jaguar bits are fine. Oh, dear. So, you know. Maybe leave the parts bin alone at that point. Well, no, there you go. But they weren't allowed to, were they, at that time? It was all platform oh, sharing and, you know. Cost cutting and all that caper. cutting, based the X-Type on the, on the Mondeo. Although, I do recall at the time a discussion with a Jaguar engineer in in a in a support forum that I was a member of at the time, for obvious reasons, um, <laughs> was, that, was asking lots of questions. Um, and he claimed that actually the X-Type was in development before that generation of Mondeo, so actually, internally, it was the other way around. The Mondeo of that generation was actually based on the X-Type. I have, I have no idea if that's true, but that's what he claimed,
1: well, that it was the
0: other way around. It's an interesting claim. The amount of times someone mentions an X-Type and goes, oh, that's just a Mondeo in a that, That's become, yeah, that's become a very popular thing to say because it's what it's what they said on Top Gear. That happens. Nine eleven 11s are a squash beetle. You, oh. Well, exactly. They, quite. All that kind of stuff. Um, so, and to be fair, if you're a smaller manufacturer like Jaguar and you suddenly have access to the resources of a massive global manufacturer like Ford, if you are going to develop a mid-sized car, the Mondeo actually is not a bad place to start. Not at all, actually. Nope. <laughs> no, good, good vehicle. The Mondeo of that era was banging mm. and there's still loads of them around. But, Mm. um, yeah, this particular individual claimed that actually the X-Type was in development before that generation of Mondeo, so a lot of its design was done first. But there was certainly a lot of bits sharing, but certainly on the one that I had, I was told, and it wasn't at a Jaguar dealer being fixed, it was an independent, um, and they said all the bits that had fallen to bits were Ford bits, not the Jaguar bits. So Worth noting... Mm, we good sick. consumer advice there uh, not that I'm likely to have another one um no but, no probably um, not but probably not <laughs> don't but let that put people off i do still like them and the one i had is still going still on the road oh that that's nice to know i've done an mot check on it and it's still taxed and moted yeah it's still out there Someone's kept it going. Someone's got big pockets. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well no, because I spent all the money on getting the big bits fixed, didn't I? Oh, come on. The other big bits will have failed by now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well I got rid of it when it started eating alloy wheels. What? Mm. All all four of them. Um and it was on it was on the original wheels, uh, although they were the big ones, because I had the sport, so it was on the big 20-inch rims. But that was cheap on tyres. They no. They <laughs> all um cracked. All four uh, of them. Um, shit. And then I had a, I bought a whole new set of twenty inch alloys for it. And then two of them cracked again. Brand new alloy wheels cracked again. And it was at that point that I got rid of it. Too big, you see. Yeah, what a sensible size wheels. Should have gone for the little ones. Yeah. I was trying to keep it original, you see. It's difficult, isn't it? I mean, great believer in originality. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can, I can see where you're going with that. Mm. Even if it does cripple your spine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine, <laughs> um, but um it, it did happen just after we'd moved and uh, lived at the end of a very bumpy little lane. So maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. Um But um, I still <laughs> liked it. I still liked it. No, no, I, I get that entirely. It's still it's still a nice car. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed it. I liked it very much. I still like the design of it. It's a very classic Jaguar shape. But mm. to be fair, a lot of manufacturers at that time were not doing their best work. Mid-90s to mid-naughties, uh, there was a lot of crap about, which is a shame. But... Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, they're absolutely lovely things i i i only drove one incredibly briefly okay when um, i borrowed one it was a really low spec as well oh they did do one they did a they did what they called the classic which basically had no kit on it yeah it could well have I don't have think been even that. think it had leather seats oh no i had no it had leather this one i had oh, okay. it was it, where i used to work a salesman had decided that he wanted a Jag as his company car. And when yeah, the I, first one I drove was a salesman's company yeah. car actually years mm. ago. <laughs> yes. yes, but he got all excited because the boss said, well, pick what you want really within within reason. Yeah. So he and went he and discovered picked, he could have a Jag. So he went and picked the Jag and got so excited and off he went in it. And then then he got his wage slip that month. Ah. And uh, Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs relieved him of an awful lot of money for the privilege right. of having a Jag Aww. in company car tax. And he got all upset, and he said to, he said to our managing director, he said, I just can't afford it. He said, can you take it back? He went, can we take it back? <laughs> <laughs> so it was on a lease deal, so no. No, so you can't. No. It, it sat in the car park as a pool car. Oh, dear. <laughs> I, I used oh. it once to go and get a bit of lunch. That's quite a pool car. Mm. Blimey. Mm. Mind you, couldn't he have just called it a pool car? I mean, that goes on all the time. Well, it does go on all the time, but... Um... It can get questionable, I suppose, can't it? It can. Yes, I wouldn't advise anybody to do that. No, 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 of course not. I am not a financial advisor. No, Um, the trouble is where the head office was versus where this salesman lived. Any particular audit from said tax authorities might spot that it was never there. Ah, yeah, well, it is tricky yeah Mm -hmm. yes he didn't operate out of that office so okay that was that buggered the first x-type i drove was in scotland when i was up there on business and it belonged to the finance director of the company i was working for and he'd done uh, sorry not finance director sales director and he'd done just that he was allowed to get any car within a particular price range and he realized he could have a jag and he got an X-Type, uh, although I think it was only an SE, which was the next one up from the Classic. So mm. it wasn't massively spec'd. Um, but that was the first one I drove. And I thought, I thought, I think that was the first Jag that I ever drove. Mm. I, I quite liked it. Yeah. On the motorway, it, it cruised very nicely. And around the sort of B roads, it handled quite well. Yeah, but it was it was years and years later than that that I actually bought one. Uh, And, of course, I had the estate, um, which was lovely. Well, that's it. It's the thinking man's choice. Well, I thought so. (laughs) (laughs) I thought so. I remember the salesman or the the independent dealer that I bought it from very much didn't want me to have it. He had one in stock, not the one that I eventually bought, but he had (laughs) one in stock and said, why don't you take this for a couple of days and just see how you get on? Uh, and I've got some lovely Audis over here that we can talk about when you come back. Oh, just piss off! Yes, and I came back and said, "Nope, I'm not interested in your Audis. I want that." Why? <laughs> why didn't he want to sell a car that he had for sale? I well, he this particular one was his um, courtesy car. It was an X Type Estate, but it was older than the one that I eventually bought and lower spec. And it had been damaged and it needed... So one of the rear doors had been stoved in and it was not in great shape. And I think he was going to... If I'd said I want that one, he was going to have to do quite a lot of work on it. And he was a big... I mean, he is a big Jag fan. He's got an XJR himself. But uh, he, he has lots of VWs and Audis always in stock. And he wanted me to have an Audi, but I wasn't interested. I wanted a Jag. Um, I had already decided I wanted a Jag, Mm. and and I said, but I don't want that one, because that's a bit rough, (laughs) and actually I can spend a bit more than that, (laughs) so (laughs) could you go off and find me a nice one, and he did find me a nice one, it was a a Sport, uh, so it had lots of kit on it, dark metallic blue with a cream leather interior, Mm -hmm. big alloys, it had the mesh grille on it, because it was a Sport, um was in lovely condition, not high mileage, been owned by a company director in London. Lots of little car park dings on it. It had obviously spent its time in London. <laughs> um, lots of little dings. But um, turned out, and this should have perhaps stopped me, but it turned out, it had been a finance repossession, and it had no paperwork. It had no no, no service history. It didn't even have the service book in it. Oh, um, dear. It had nothing. We had no history for it at all. So, yeah. But that I didn't had, stop that was, you. It didn't, because it was a really good price. And the problem when you go – and, again, lesson learned – the problem when you go to someone like that who will find a car for you to your specifications – Mm. Once he's gone off and bought it, although technically you could say, no, I don't want that one, find me another, you're kind of quite committed. Yeah, you're fairly down the rabbit hole at that point. By that point, because he's already bought it, Mm. and it's sitting there, and if you say, no, I don't want that one, find me another one, he's going to get very knocked off very quickly, isn't he? Yes, he's not going to be very accommodating. No. But as the car, the, he achieved the spec that I was after, mm-hmm. absolutely, and it was in lovely condition, at least cosmetically. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just absolutely no history with it at all. Yeah, there you go. I went ahead anyway. And, well, um, live a little. You got you got the go. car you wanted. Yeah, I did. Even and if it, it did have the odd issue, doesn't matter, yeah. does it? It's all, it's all got sorted, didn't it? It's just cars. I mean, you can Mm. buy one with with folders full of boxes full of history and it'll still be an enormous pain. So it doesn't, you know, does it really make any difference when you're buying a used car? No, Um, no, particularly when you're at a certain price point as well. Yeah. Once you're past a certain age and you're at a certain price point, does it really matter? Anything once it gets past a certain age can fall apart, even if it's been meticulously maintained. Um, it can still be a bag of bolts, can't it? So, yes, you know we've all had cars like that. <laughs> so, yes, so there it is. But I liked it, and then I went off and bought another Jag. So you know well, that's it. Then the ball kept rolling. So ball kept rolling, oh, and oh, you know, maybe another one. You never know. Well, um, never say never. Never say never. No, oh, Definitely not. But, um, but we we have strayed somewhat. Do we uh, have. I, I still have. I still have at least two i think on my list oh i've still got three or four. Oh, okay uh, good yeah we were talking about uh snowplows um and how they <laughs> used it in the x-type there is of course the very famous uh volkswagen beetle advert what does the man who drives the snowplow use to get to the snowplow um, oh yeah I do yes which bizarrely was a VW Beetle, which I struggle with. <laughs> is that mm. a particularly good vehicle in deep snow? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I it is in the advert, yeah, but I suppose there's not much meat to it, is there really? No. There's and the weight's so quite over old, driving wheels, so it's true. If you find it it's quite an old advert you can find it on YouTube and it yeah, it does look a bit you know, clatter clatter, 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 clatter over this snowed Deeply snowed field. It does look a bit strange. I'm sensing your love for the air cooled there. Are you? Why? I don't don't get the beetle. I'm afraid. I, Uh, I just don't. I get it's a historic vehicle, and it's you know it's it's iconic, and you know it's not it's not an unattractive vehicle. But I do struggle to find any love for it. No, I find it interesting. I'm more than happy yes. to poke around it and the history and is him. you know, how it came to be is very interesting, mm. very historic. And I don't subscribe to the whole, you know, Hitlermobile thing. Um, I mean, yes, he happened to be, you know, an influential figure at the time that it came to be, but uh yeah, I just I just struggle to find any any interest in it particularly. Mm. I don't I don't want one a friend no. of mine has one actually and like mm. you say yeah you, you don't subscribe to the hitler thing um i do no. wind him up about that every time oh it makes for great jokes to anyone hmm. who drew really into them oh and i'd be head of the queue <laughs> to start <laughs> making those jokes absolutely but that, that's fair game <laughs> yeah that's you, fair you bring game. that on yourself when you buy one the automotive representation of nazism clearly <laughs> I'll be the oh. first to to do that, but um, it's not fair on the car and um yeah, I just don't yeah, it's just one of those few cars that I just don't really find any love for at all. no, no, interesting, but really don't want one no, but whilst we're on Volkswagen, there are mm-hmm. a couple of golf fans that <laughs> have gone down in history. yeah, they really are, yeah. There's the 1987 one of the uh, well-heeled lady. Um, oh yes, throwing all her stuff away uh, in anger at the obviously the breakup of some relationship, and then she's about to throw the keys of the golf down the drain and then stops herself. Mm. If only everything in life was as reliable as a Volkswagen. Well, we all remember it. It's clever. Yeah. And then there was the other one that Top Gear did a thing on a few years ago, wasn't oh, there? Oh god, yes. Um with the guy who was clearly very down on his luck, and that was the same thing, wasn't it? I think if only mm. anything in your life was as reliable as Volkswagen. Mm. Um I can't remember all the things they list in that advert now, but there's all kinds of things, isn't there? Yeah, um, I don't yeah, I do remember that. It's fit Fantastic campaign that one because we still yeah. it still gets talked about it still it does yeah it was very clever you know was it something like this is the man who got into diamonds when all the smart money got out or something like that there was all kinds of things wasn't there that they listed yeah of things that he had cocked up mm. <laughs> but not his choice of car that mm. he got just right yes very good yeah is that I'd... Mark II or Mark three Golf I want to say two. The first one I mentioned with the posh lady, that was a Mark II. So I want to say this one maybe was Mark III. Yeah. I'm, str- I'm str- Yeah. Mind you, you think back to the Mark III, you go, it wasn't actually that good. I was going to say I'm struggling to even remember the Mark III. Uh, uh, the one that you will have forgotten entirely was the four. Right. <laughs> Woeful. <laughs> utterly forgettable <laughs> yeah i don't know what they were thinking there absolute crap really that bad well and that became the platform for so many cars though
1: oh yeah 2 i've
0: 2 just looked 3. it up yes that is a dreary box isn't it you think yes. mark four became the platform for the revamped retro beetle uh yes, it's it a platform true. for the audi tt it, yeah, it just, was the Volkswagen platform uh, at the moment, wasn't that it? That was it. Yeah. Say at Leon. Just of course. There. Yeah, so many cars were based. Everything was a golf. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Skoda Octavia as well. Yes, there we go. There yep. we go. Mm. Interesting you mentioned Skoda. <laughs> they're they're on my list as well. And I'm thinking specifically of the, of the advert where they build one out of a cake. Oh, that was it, and no, what? No poor sod could eat it, but because it had been under <laughs> studio lights and went manky virtually instantly, it was, it was horrible. Mm. Yes, it went weird, didn't it? Mm. Yes, but very nice to watch. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, nicely done. The construction of a car out of confectionery. Yeah. Yeah, all for but as you say, a colossal waste of food. Yeah, yeah, so you think, oh, I bet they had a nice time afterwards. Nope, rancid. <laughs> horrible. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah, it's not going to last, is it, in that environment? Nope. Nope, just overbaked dairy products. Yeah, you don't need that. Mm. Ah, very, very clever. I'll tell you one that I've got on my list. We're going back a bit now as well, going back to the 80s for this one. We have a bit of '80s action. Austin. I've got one from the '80s as well. Bit of Austin <laughs> Rover for you. Ah, oh, yes. Okay. Um, I've um, It's a Rover, except uh, it's not a Honda. <laughs> uh, no, this one is not a Rover. Okay. This, this was the advert for the Metro. Ah, oh. <laughs> going down the Austin side of things here, okay. and it was uh, set in a car dealership. The dealer was played by Eric Idle. Oh, I think I remember this. The customer was Nigel Mansell. <laughs> yes. And as Nigel Mansell backs out of the showroom under the instruction of Eric Idle, <laughs> he drives into Murray Walker. <laughs> of course, because mm-hmm. that's always happening. Yeah, yeah that will happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and glorious. Was he just... driving a Metro as well? I believe he was. It was either Metro or Maestro. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. I can't remember. It Just oh, that was so funny. It's just oh, that's you think back to those cheesy ones. Yeah. It, oh dear. It was. Yeah, it's bad. That's. There were. That they were really the Austin Rover Group at that time were really struggling with the advertising. Mm. As I said, the the um. Above all, it's a Rover campaign mm. when it blatantly wasn't, and they were desperately trying to hang on to the old Rover brand values, even mm. though it was so clearly a Honda. Yeah, it's not going to work that well. It well, didn't, obviously, it didn't, did it? No, that's the problem. It didn't. Have you ever seen <laughs> there's a the advertising campaign or one of the early advertising campaigns for the SD1? When it was first launched, and no, no, these, no, it not ring a bell. There's these two old guys looking round it. I remember there's a timeless phrase that they that they use. They they're wandering around it, talking about all the various modern and futuristic features that this vehicle has, and how <laughs> clever it is. You know, cutting edge stuff, including locking fuel cap. Oh yes, of course, that's important these days, isn't it? Oh, good God. it's there you find it right i'll go hunting for that it's the original sd what it was it was a series one sd1 Um, right okay yeah quite an early one 70s advert Mm. um again as we were saying earlier with the uh the sierra l struggling for features on the base model yeah, well well that's it. We'll we'll take a fuel cap at that point if it locks. We'll take a look at locking, sir. You don't forget that, yes. Because oh, that's wow. important these days. <laughs> Dreadful. Yeah. So, Pre central locking, you see. Everything had to have its own lock. Oh god, yes, it did. I tell you what yes. though, I I came back to feeling that pain not so long ago mm. on the on the central locking thing, uh, where mm. I stopped Uh, in the Volvo to fill up and uh, the uh, central locking had not unlocked the petrol cap. (laughs) Oh, oh no. Oh Mm. no. Yes, and obviously I'd stopped because I was in quite a need of fuel but couldn't open the pissing thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Mm. That's embarrassing that. Yes, cue an angry man swearing in the boot removing quite a lot of innards to get to the (laughs) bit that had got stuck. (laughs) Oh no. Mm. Oh dear. Is there like a manual release on the inside or anything? Or can you? Uh, you... I wouldn't go as far as to say there is a a designated manual release, but if you take out two of the panels, you can get your hand far enough in to manually release it. Okay. (laughs) I've just left (laughs) it slightly unclipped should it happen again. Yes. Oh dear. Well, hopefully that's just a one off and not a problem. There's a bit of a spindle in there, and it wasn't very well greased. So that was the, that oh, was the issue. was you've got to grease your spindle. You do. It, it, it's a life fact, that one. It is. Absolutely. You must never leave the house without a greased spindle. Mm. I'm disappointed that you allowed that to happen. No, yeah, but I'm disappointed in myself. Yeah. Well, mm. I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, uh. Now, talking of cheese. Ah, go on then, because I've may got I one cheese-related. May I mention Saab? Oh no, I've got literal cheese. You've gone for uh, figurative cheese. I'm still on. I'm still on advertising. I don't know where you went there. No, I'll 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 I'll, I'll talk you through that in just a moment. Okay, Saab and the jet fighter for the road. Just yep. Yeah. Where? What? what about that? He's a jet fighter. Honestly, got no. I got nothing. Absolutely nothing. nothing. No, they were, and I believe by that stage, the company making the cars had absolutely nothing to do with the company that made the planes. No, I think you're. I think you're correct there. Yes, but they no were association. No, but they were still using it, and they did for years. Mm. Very, which is strange. I mean, their cars weren't bad at the time. Their cars were brilliant. Mm, absolutely. But- There was the old thing, wasn't there, that nobody could understand why they cost so much until they crashed one, (laughs) and then they realised because you just leave a big sharp uh, sab-shaped dent in whatever it was you hit. That's it. You can you can trust the Swedes; it's fine. Very good cars, but Mm. the advertising campaign was it was focusing on all the wrong things yeah you could have you, you could have gone down the Volvo route they were very big on the safety stuff and they Do they you know. were but they didn't they weren't doing the whole fighter planes flying around the place in their adverts and no you know, they fighter weren't fighter planes morphing into cars and things like that no that that was pure 80s cheese at that point it like, like you're saying was. yeah absolutely was um where they were trying to suggest that if you bought a Saab you're actually buying a jet fighter yeah, a jet fighter with number plates. That's that's what it was. Yes. Oh, good heavens! <laughs> but go. that. But this is not about whether they were good cars or not, because they absolutely were, and it was a terrible, terrible shame. Um, mm. What happened to Saab? But um, it, I'm afraid yeah. it wasn't sustainable at that point in its life. It would appear not. Mm. No, it would appear not. It was there absolute refusal to settle for anything, wasn't it? Because they were part of General Motors, and General Motors would deliver these platforms to them, uh, and say, right, this is going to be your new car. Mm. Um, Tweak the design of that a little bit, just in the styling, you know, and maybe (laughs) put your own seats in it, and they just would completely redesign it from the ground up, and end up with something that cost five times more than it was supposed to. (laughs) Mm. They weren't making any money. No, that's the thing, isn't it? They were it's... producing fantastically engineered cars, but selling them at a loss. Which, when you're mass market, you can't do that. You can't do that, no. no. Um, it's, as you say, it's just not sustainable, and that's, in the end, why they got dumped.
1: Mm. It
0: was just fantastic cars that just were not profitable. Such a shame, like you say. Mm, it was such a shame. They did get bought, didn't they? Spyker bought them. Spiker bought them, yeah, mm. and have done absolutely nothing with it. <laughs> no, I think I think they canned it. Up. Uh, they d- I don't think the Spiker deal lasted very long, as I recall. Right. Okay. Did they buy it and then almost immediately close it, or did it get sold off again? I don't know if it got sold off again. I've, I'm. It would be. Or, um, someone must own a name somewhere. Yeah. I might look that up. Actually, yeah, it's worth knowing. It would be worth knowing. Because they I, definitely bought them. I mean, Spiker are not exactly a massive manufacturer themselves, are they? I, d- I mean, does Spiker even exist anymore? I've heard that they do, but they don't have a current model. Well, they also lent their name to Formula One, didn't they, as well? And that really didn't work for them. Yeah. No, it didn't at all. No, you need, you need you need bigger pockets for that. You do, really. Yeah, you do any jokes it looks like it may still be under general motors really yeah it looks like they may have taken the name back but have not done anything with it it's a bit unclear um and of course there's scania which is still going um, yes yep well that still has its uses yes let's see if wikipedia's got to say anything on the subject no ah, yes let's see if we've changed hands again no, there's just a footnote on in 2014 that um, Spiker Cars did purchase it, but that both companies went bankrupt. Spiker was then refinanced and restarted, um, but Saab wasn't. Yeah, it was the name was purchased by the National Electric Vehicle Sweden Company. It's interesting. Yeah, indeed, with plans to produce an electric Saab 9-3. Um, uh, less but interesting. The, but to date, nothing has ever happened. Um, well, so that... it's not entirely clear. It looks like General Motors may have taken it back, but then it's been sold on again to an electric vehicle maker, but nothing's ever happened with it. I tell you what, that would be a good name to sit on. Until we sort out this EV tech a bit more, would wouldn't it? And then, if you could relaunch that as a as a pure EV brand, but Mm. again with the the traditional focus on safety and build quality and things. Oh yeah, that could be cracking. Yeah, yeah. I I see. I see quite a few takers for that. Mm. Somebody Mm. could really, if you pitch that right, somebody could make a a big success of that. that. That could work really nicely. That that the the Saab brand relaunched as pure electric that could work really well mm. yeah i'd have a bit of that yeah absolutely but whether that will happen or not i don't know it looks like it was owned by a company intending to make electric vehicles so very good very good keep an eye on that watch this space yeah keep an eye on that you heard it here first you did yeah we're, yeah. we're all over that with as you say. oh trend it, uh, trending all over the place i am oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, okay. here we go. I'm going to segue back to cheese. Please do. Right, this wasn't strictly a car advert, but it did contain car-related actors. Okay. And I say actors in a loose sense. <laughs> right? Do you remember in 96, I believe, there was a pizza advert starring Damon Hill and Murray Walker? So there's, there's your literal cheese reference. Oh, I see. Oh, very good. Because obviously pizzas have cheese on them, don't they? There you go. Clever. Clever. Yeah, clever. Uh, I don't know remember that at all. It's really bad because Murray commentates the entire dining experience. Oh, no. Uh, Yes. Did you have to humiliate the poor old boy like that? I'd imagine his bank balance looked pretty good after that. I bet he never had to buy a pizza hut ever again in his life. He could just walk in. Pizzas for life, there. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Very oh. good. I don't, I don't remember that at all. No, what was it advertising? A car or was it advertising Pizza? Hut? Advertising Pizza. I see. Okay, they just chose two automotive figures to do so. Yeah, I, well, I, like I said, I think it was 96 and it was the year that Damon won the championship. So I would uh, assume it was relating to that or he was at least well on his way to it at the point the advert came out. There. bit of a tie-in. Yeah, mm. good. No, I don't remember that at all. That uh, sounds quite painful. It's quite amusing. I'll give him that. Murray yeah, gave no. it his all. Yeah, well, always did. <laughs> always did. He's a gent. You know oh, he is, yeah, well he he was yeah mm. poor old chap, poor old fella yeah that was that was sad he entertained us in many ways, oh, he did on on many fronts, yes, absolutely well, that's absolutely it, yeah. I, I if you um if you look up a uh, Delorean time machine hire in South Devon on Facebook, you will find a number of pictures of him sitting in a in a time machine replica. Okay, for some sort of promotional event that you know they do a lot of corporate events. They did one with with him, and there's some pictures on their Facebook page of him sitting in a in a Delorean time machine, <laughs> wow. looking quite bewildered, I have to say. <laughs> well, he'll he'll take anything involving a vehicle, wouldn't he? It? it would seem so. Yes, mm. absolutely. On the subject of the Delorean, I would just like to mention the advertising campaign that that had. <laughs> go on then i don't know if you've ever seen the original 1980s uh, or 1981 uh us tv ad for the delorean no, i've not uh, uh look it up it's brilliant um it it makes quite a few claims
1: uh,
0: <laughs> and it it's very slick and lots of shots of the stainless steel gleaming in the sun and mm. uh, Allow me to read... This wasn't sung, so there's no risk of singing here. Allow me to read you a little bit of the dialogue. Yes, please. Gullwing doors rise effortlessly, beckoning you inside. (laughs) The sleek, stainless steel DeLorean, beautifully crafted for long life. The DeLorean is one of the most awaited automobiles in automotive history. To drive the DeLorean is to live the dream. Wow! Look it up. That's <laughs> it's a piece of history. Bloody hell! <laughs> There's a lot going on in there, isn't there? Well, it was the '80s. It really was. And is there a more '80s car other than perhaps the Lamborghini Countach? Although technically that was '70s, <laughs> than the DeLorean. Uh, so it is a tricky one. No, I think I think it wins. You know, the big wheel arch, big spoiler, nine eleven. Is there? Uh, you all know the proper number for that, because I don't. I don't know any <laughs> of the Porsche numbers. No, that'll be the uh, the the nine thirty Turbo. There you go. Okay, and um, maybe a uh, the big grill Mercedes SL. Yeah, that's quite eighties, especially a convertible. But, but I, 80s, still, I still still but... think the DeLorean wins. Yeah, <laughs> it and yeah, and yeah, you could argue that it does look a bit timeless as well. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. I think it does. I still think it looks quite futuristic even today. But um, yeah, have a look for that 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 advert. They they were really trying with that. Yeah, that is that's bold. <laughs> it was very. <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 yeah. It said a lot and perhaps didn't quite deliver. Well, I think uh, that's probably enough of that for this week. Uh, Check us out on uh, all the various social medias and things. Uh, Thank you very much for listening.